today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. Trials that come upon us, trials of any sort, personal, spiritual, physical, financial, all of these come into our lives. And it's been made very clear that these things would come into our lives. We need to remember that these things come into our lives, not necessarily because God's disfavor toward us. You know, there's too many times I've heard the teaching, well, you know, if you only had enough faith, then you wouldn't have this issue going on in your life. Oh, there must be some sin in your life to have that going on. No, beloved, we just live in a fallen world. Sometimes people think that when you become a Christian, you avoid all trials. This is not true. In fact, there are promises in the Bible promising the opposite. Today, Pastor David encourages us not to be surprised when we face trials. He also reminds us that a trial in our life is not necessarily because of God's disfavor towards us. We live in a fallen world. Although we are not of this world, we will be affected by this world until the day we enter heaven. You're not alone in your trials. Now here's Pastor David in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 with part 1 of today's message, Standing Fast in the Lord. We are in 1 Thessalonians. We are in chapter 3 as we are going through the book of 1 Thessalonians. And the unfortunate reality is, is chapter 3 starts with that word, therefore. Now, the problems with a word like therefore is you've got to understand and know what the therefore is therefore, okay? And the therefore was actually dealt with last week as we finished up chapter two. So we're about a week away from what that therefore is therefore that Paul is referring to, okay? Have I made myself totally clear on that? Now, Paul actually uses that word therefore over 150 times in his writings. We see the word therefore and words like it used almost 500 times in the New Testament. We look at that, we can't just, uh, again, ignore it. Words like therefore many times, I mean, nearly every time, very important to the next statement that's being made. It's like they're building a case. And in the Apostle Paul's uh, situation, for certain, Paul is, is like a lawyer uh, who is continually building his case nearly every letter that he writes. He's laying the foundation for the statements that he's gonna be presenting. Now, that's the very case that we see here in chapter three, verse one. Therefore, there takes us back to, as I said last week, chapter two, verse 17. So instead of starting chapter three, verse one this morning, we're gonna back up a step or two. We're gonna start in chapter two, verse 17, and work our way in. Chapter two of First Thessalonians, verse 17, we read these words. But we, brethren, having been taken away from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, 
We endeavored more eagerly to see your face with great desire. Therefore, and he even uses it again there, therefore we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and, and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope, our joy, our, our crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For you are our crown and joy. Do the persecution that uh, Paul and the ministry team had had in Philippi, they went from Philippi down to Thessalonica, down to this city here. While they were there, we talked about this over the last few weeks, they were able to minister only for a few short weeks. And then the non-believing Jews from Philippi came down and began persecuting and, and causing all kinds of problems there in Thessalonica. So from Thessalonica, they left and, and started heading on down, eventually landing in the city of Corinth. Well, as much as Paul wanted to return, he wanted to come back and visit them. There was some sort of a hindrance, and Paul refers to it, a, a hindrance that was placed there by Satan that kept him personally from being able to return. So as he's writing this letter, he's explained that to them. So therefore, he says, we move into chapter three, verse one. He says, therefore, because I wanted to come and see you, therefore, because we were, we're no longer with you in presence, but we are with you in heart, therefore, because you are our, our crown and our glory, therefore, he says, when we could no longer endure, endure it, we thought it good to be left in Athens alone and sent Timothy, our brother and minister to you and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith that no one should be shaken by these afflictions for you yourselves know that we are appointed to this. For in, true, for in fact, we told you before when we were with you that we would suffer tribulation, just as it happened, and you know. For this reason, when I could no longer endure it, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter had tempted you, and our labor might be in vain. As I shared last week, at the time of the writing of this letter, Paul and the majority of the team were in Corinth, but Paul speaks about the fact that as they were leaving from Thessalonica, making their way down to Corinth, they stopped there in Athens, and that's where Paul sent Timothy back to inquire about the church there in Thessalonica. So Paul went back to Thessalonica to offer them encouragement, see how things were going for them as believers. Timothy was to remind the church there in Thessalonica uh, that along with their declaration of faith in Christ would definitely come a persecution because of their commitment to the gospel. That persecution came from both the non-believing Jews as well as from the pagans. The Jews, uh, they, they persecuted them because the Christians had said that Jesus was the Messiah. And the Jews said, no, that's not our Messiah. Our Messiah would come and remove the Roman oppression that we have, and Jesus was definitely not that man. So they persecuted the Christians on that point. The pagans persecuted them because they said that Jesus was the one and only true God. And the pagans, of course, they had a multitude of gods, and so the persecution would come from them. Therefore, Paul says, afflictions, tribulations, persecution, 
were bound to happen to them. And not only the physical attacks, but but Satan himself would bring about spiritual attacks as well. And Paul wanted to be certain that these brand new converts, that he didn't have very much time to encourage, didn't have very much time to lay a, a stronger foundation and build them up. He wanted to make sure that they weren't shaken by these afflictions. And again, rather these afflictions that Paul speaks are those that came upon them there in Thessalonica as new believers, or because they saw the affliction that Paul and the ministry team had while they were there. Either way, Paul wanted to remind them that persecution was to be expected. And so he sent Timothy to inquire, see how they're doing in the midst of all the issues that are going on. One of the things that all believers, yeah, even you and I, even here in 2018 in the United States of America, all believers need to be aware of trials that come upon us, trials of any sort, personal, spiritual, physical, financial, all of these come into our lives and it's been made very clear that these things would come into our lives. We need to remember that these things come into our lives not necessarily because God's disfavor toward us. You know, there's too many times I've heard the teaching, well, you know, if you only had enough faith, then you wouldn't have this issue going on in your life. Oh, there must be some sin in your life to have that going on. No, beloved, we just live in a fallen world and sicknesses come and, and trials come, issues come into our lives. We need to be aware of that. We need to remember again that the enemy of our souls is gonna do everything that he can to come against us. Rather than to simply allow us to walk our, our, our lives in, in, in the joy of the Lord, able to trust the Lord in, in all things, able to, uh, uh, again, just experience his presence just in every time, in every issue, at every moment of every day, the enemy of our souls will come in and he'll bring into our lives doubt, he brings into our lives fear, he brings into our lives distractions, he brings into our lives frustrations, amen? Okay, most all of you understand and see that. Maybe the trial might come because you have come to a point in your Christian walk, he says, you know what? I just wanna walk in total obedience to the Lord. I'm so tired of being distracted by the things of the world. And about the time that you and I make that kind of a commitment, Bam, that's when, the, that's when the enemy comes in and he's gonna throw a stumbling block anyway. He's gonna cause something to happen to, again, get your mind off of that, back focused on the circumstances that surround you. Maybe, again, you wanted to, to make a new commitment to the Lord to, to serve him in some new special way, perhaps step out in an area of ministry. And then suddenly your whole life is caught up in some kind of a whirlwind. Man, you don't have an extra moment of any day and and your life is just so packed with things. How in the world could I step out in something extra, something special in the area of ministry? Maybe you and your wife uh, or your husband or maybe you as a single individual, you've decided that, you know what? I'm gonna trust God in the area of our finances. And I'm gonna get serious about our our financial commitment to the church. And then all of a sudden, bam, some un 
planned for event comes and suddenly sucks away any extra money that you thought that you had. Oh, I've got a little bit extra. Maybe now's the time we can make that commitment. You know, there will never be a convenient time. It's kind of like having children. There's never a convenient time to have children. Yeah, you, they just come when they come and you deal with them as you deal with them. Both you and the enemy know. Fully understand that when you desire to step up your game when it comes to being faithful to the Lord in the areas of your life, that it's very feasible and most likely and probable that he's going to bring out some kind of a frustration in your life, frustration with little things, maybe even just a weariness of spirit. Oh, Lord, I want to do this, but man, I'm just, just wore out. I'm just tired. The enemy knows that. He knows the hot buttons to punch and touch in your lives to keep you from being the man, the woman, the young person of God that God has called you to be. That's why we have to stand firm. That's why we can't be blown by every wind and and every trial that comes. We have to find our foundation, not in the circumstances of our life, but find our foundation in the promises of God. Let me assure you today, This might be a news flash to some of you. The Christian walk is not an easy one, okay? I know that shocks many of you. You thought, man, I can can become a Christian. Everything's gonna be smooth at that point. Years ago, a guy that was, he was in his 80s, a brother here in the fellowship. He's gone to be with the Lord now. He's not with us. But he used to always say, you know, pastor, this Christianity is not for wimps. And how true it is, and it continues to be true. Even Jesus himself, he told us that the road of following him, of being faithful to him, literally it is paved with sacrifice, it's paved with humility, and it's paved with that dying to self daily. You cannot truly follow Christ in full obedience unless within your life there is sacrifice, humility, and a dying to self daily. Jesus said, man, having taken your hand to the plow, looking back, no way. You're you're not gonna be worthy to be my servant unless you're willing to take up your cross daily. You're not gonna be my servant. Jesus expected, anticipated that those who would follow him not only would live their lives in that self-sacrifice, in that humility, but that they would also, because of that, they would be pushing against the flow. And because of that, issues were gonna come into their life. I've used the illustration before. I'll share it with you again. Being a Christian is like the fish that swims upstream continually. Every dead thing comes and hits you right in the face because the current of the world is flowing downstream. But you have chosen in Christ to swim upstream. So it shouldn't surprise us when these trials come in our way. We, we, we don't like them. We don't look forward to them. It is the reality of who we are in Christ. When you and I walk this road of faith the enemies of our the, the enemy of our souls. He's going to continue to bring out our own frailty, our own weakness, bringing that right into our face. He's going to bring up all kinds of personal storms and spiritual conflicts within our lives, and again, stirring up that continual reality of our own inabilities and our own failures. 
I remember where you were uh, three years ago or five weeks ago or two days ago. And it's the enemy that brings these things back to us. It's the enemy that'll continually remind us of, of wrong or hurtful actions that others have had toward you. Even brothers and sisters in Christ that have, that have again come against you, whether it be intentional and deliberate or accidental and unconscious. The enemy stirs these things up because it gets your heart and mind off of focusing on Jesus and onto the circumstances that surround you. He wants you to wander off that narrow road of humility and begin traveling that wide path of pride. And the enemy will do everything he can to get you to do that. He wants you to get off of that, that, that path or that road of sacrifice and he wants you to start looking out for your own personal interest. Beloved, the enemy of our souls would delight to see you and I try to rise back up in our own strength and in our own abilities because that simply wakens us up to our own personal desires rather than just taking up the cross and following Jesus. Be careful, church. Be careful. And that's the reason why Paul was concerned about the church in Thessalonica, that they would not be easily shaken by any of these afflictions. He wanted to make sure that they wouldn't be thrown off course when they suffer any kind of tribulation. He wanted to be very careful that they would not allow the tempter any kind of opportunity to destroy their faith or their trust. It's very similar to what Paul told Timothy, and I know that we just recently finished the book of Timothy, 2 Timothy, not too long ago. But Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter three. He said, Timothy, you have carefully followed my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, and perseverance. But you've also seen the persecutions and the afflictions which happened to me in Antioch and in Iconium and in Lystra. What persecutions I endured and out of them all the Lord delivered me. And then he writes to them, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, he says, and yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Did you catch that? All that desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. How many of you hold on to that promise every morning when you wake up, amen? Woo, those are the tough ones. Those are the tough He says, evil men and imposters are gonna grow worse and worse. They're gonna deceive and being deceived. But you must continue in the things that you've learned. All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus suffer persecution. You know, that is such a power-packed verse. And it is such a deep and, and, and powerful biblical truth. You don't hear that as a new believer. But all you have to do is look back in the Old Testament. All you have to do, actually even in the New Testament, look at Hebrews chapter 11. And you look at this roll call of the faithful and all the issues that each one of these who desired to follow God, who desired that their lives would be lived for his glory, all the issues that, went, that they went through. Uh, Line after line after line. We won't take the time this morning, but Hebrews 11 shows us clearly that all those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. 
So again, the, the very truth that Paul wanted these new believers in Thessalonica to fully understand, to fully comprehend. And so he sent Timothy to remind them and to check on him. And the great thing is, when Timothy returned, he had a great report. We're back in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. We're down in verse 6 now. But now that Timothy has come to us from you, and he's brought us good news of your faith and love, that you always have good remembrance of us, greatly desiring to see us, as we also to see you. Therefore, brethren, in all our affliction and distress, we are comforted concerning you by your faith. I know that many of you here have had children, uh, younger children, and uh, perhaps there was a time during the, while your children were small, you had the opportunity of leaving them with a, a babysitter, a child sitter. Maybe it was a relative, somebody that you trusted that you left your children with and you went out for the evening or perhaps you were gone for a couple of days, depending on what situation. You come back and say, well, how did things go? And the sitter or the family member says, oh, it went great. Man, they, uh, your, your kids played with each other for a long, long time. Oh, they had a couple of small little skirmishes, but they actually worked it out themselves. When bedtime came, uh, they went up, they brushed their teeth, they said their prayers, went on to bed, no problem at all. And you look at them and says, but what about my kids? Because yeah. Yeah. that just doesn't make sense to you. That, But actually, when you hear that kind of report, man, that, that makes you proud as a parent. Way to go, kids. And, and that's what I see is happening with Paul here. He gets this great report from Timothy. Man, he is just encouraged and he's blessed by that. Uh, again, he understands that God is working with them in a powerful way and he can rest in that and again, be filled with joy because of it. Again, in spite of all the odds that were against them, they were doing well. They were doing very well. Timothy reported that they were growing in their faith and not only growing in their faith, but they were also growing in their love, their love for each other, their love for the apostle and for the ministry team. They had great appreciation for all that Paul and the team had gone through simply to bring them the gospel. The testimony of their lives showed to Timothy and Timothy again revealed this to Paul, the, the, the depth of their commitment. This wasn't just a, a flash in the pan. Uh, do you love Jesus? Yes, I love Jesus. Empty kind of a commitment. No, this is something that they had committed their lives to and they were being faithful in their walk with God himself. Again, as God worked and moved through their lives uh, because of their dedication to him, even during the toughest of times. Look what he says here in verse eight. He says, for now we, Paul writing to the Thessalonians, he says, for now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. For what thanks can we render to God for you for all the joy with which we rejoice for your sake before our God, night and day, praying exceedingly that we may see your face and perfect what is lacking in your faith. What a joy, again, it was for Paul to see the success of this church. Again, it wasn't a, a success that was measured by numbers or measured by programs. 
It was a success that was demonstrated and measured because they were fully consumed by the Lord, allowing the Holy Spirit to work and move within their lives. They were focused on the plans and the purposes of God. The, the, the testimony of their lives literally brought life to the ministry of the apostle. The faithfulness of their walk was a continual encouragement to the apostle and to the others to continue on in the work of ministry. We're so glad you tuned in today to The Open Word. There's so much to learn from the pages of 1 Thessalonians, and we hope today's teaching from Pastor David has made you want to study further. You don't have to wait for us, though. Pull out your Bible and ask God to reveal His blessings and truth to you today in your personal study time. The Word provides all we need to develop our faith in the Almighty Creator and step out boldly to a world that needs Him. If you want to learn more about our ministry here at The Open Word, we'd encourage you to visit our website, theopenword.com. Before we leave you, Pastor David has a message to share with you. I can't even begin to tell you how honored I am to be able to share God's Word with you. Not only do I get to spend regular time in the Bible myself, but I then get to share the hope and the grace of our Savior, Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but that's the best job I can think of. I also get to spend time praying for you. That's right, for you. I want you to know that you do matter to me, and even more so, you matter to the Lord. He wants to develop a, a deep and lasting relationship with you, no matter what your past looks like. Today, I hope you make the decision to trust Him with all that you are. If you want to talk to someone further, please give us a call here at The Open Word. Our phone number is 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. And again, hey, thank you for being a part of our listening audience here at The Open Word. Make us more.